Tom, you're a family man, author, professor, entrepreneur, even a town manager, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. I wanted to get right into it because you referred to me from a friend uh, about this book that you have that came out earlier this year called There Are No Politics in Heaven, A Recovering Politician's Guide to Christian Living. It's an interesting title. Definitely caught my eye there. What's this book about? What inspired you to write this book, man? Sure. I appreciate the chance. Yeah, so politics was my drug of choice. Okay. So, you know, when I decided to write the book, I thought, what would be more interesting than writing a book about politics and religion? Right? <laughs> right the two right. things that two things that nobody wants to talk about, right? But right. they really defined who I am as a person. Um, politics used to be the thing that defined who I was. It was the thing that I used for self-esteem and ego gratification. And I was very successful at it twice. Uh, you know, I was the youngest ever elected in my hometown. And then when I moved to the town I'm in currently, I got back involved in politics. And it was kind of the worst decision I ever made. It really wasn't, I wasn't being authentic. And it really wasn't where I was supposed to be. So the title, yeah, I mean, it definitely catches your attention for sure. Yeah. But it, I think that the title was as much for me as it was for anybody else that, you know what, politics or whatever your drug is of choice, whatever takes you away from spiritual, you know, alignment, that that's not in heaven. So learn the lesson. Right. And, you know, it took me 40 some odd years to learn the lesson. And I really wrote the book because I wanted to prevent other people from stepping on the landmines that I stepped on. Gotcha. I mean, you mentioned in that book, you experienced a religious transformation. What was that experience like? And how did you come to know the Lord, man? Sure. So this happened about four years ago. Um, I was, you know, an elected official for the second time. And if you looked at me on the outside, you would have thought I had the world by the you know what. Like I had I had the title. I had the career. I had a second title and a second career. I married, two stepdaughters, beautiful home, beautiful community, two cats and a dog and a fish. And you, you, you know, like you would, you would have checked off all the boxes, right? Sure. But very, very empty on the inside, and it was very unfortunate. So September 2015, I'll never forget it. It was really my darkest hour. I was suffering from anxiety and depression, like a lot of people, unfortunately. And, you know, I was having thoughts of ending my life because I, I was not being true to myself. And I remember, you know, looking back when I was writing the book, I, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. And that should have told me something was going on. You know, that should have been an indicator. But I, I ignored the signs and I just kind of suffered through the depression until the seminal moment for me was September of 2015. I was in my office at my full time job and I just remember crying out, you know, there, there's nobody around. I'm on the floor. I'm on my hands and knees and I'm crying out. And I'm like, I, I don't want to live this life anymore. I, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do. Right. I always used to be the smartest person in the room. At least I thought, and I didn't have the answers anymore. And I heard a voice, and for me, that voice will always be Jesus saying, Tom, it's time. And I got up off the floor, and I looked around. There's nobody in the room, and I'm saying, all right, it's time. It's time for what? Like, you know, I don't – it's not like when you go through a religious transformation, you flip a switch, and everything gets better overnight, and you're whole, and you're perfect. That – and it wasn't, it wasn't like I got the answer that day other than I got the calling, right? It, that was the beginning of the journey. And, you know, four years later, this journey continues. But I also realize now that it's not always about the destination. you got to enjoy the journey. And it's been a very hard journey. It's been very enlightening. But I realized that if I could transform my life, I could 
and I should help others do the same thing. So yeah, it's been quite a four year journey for me. That's awesome, man. I got chills when you were telling that story, man. Crazy. I love it, dude. You mentioned in there that it, it'll allow the comfort and the space to review life for, for folks so that they can change the direction. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think the hardest thing to do, and you know, I'll speak as a man, but I think sure. it's true whether it's male or female, wherever you are in life, I think the hardest thing to do is to kind of take a step back and look at your life independently and, you know, where are the successes, where are the failures and where are the opportunities? And, you know, in the book, I talk about something I use in my job, which is, you know, a SWOT analysis, right? I do it for companies. I do it for my own town where I'm the town manager. So, you know, what, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Those weaknesses, though, present opportunities. And then what are the threats to those opportunities? And it's very hard for people to do an internal assessment of their life and be honest and objective, right? Because whether, and you know, like for me, it was politics. For somebody, it might be gambling, alcohol, pornography, affairs, drugs, whatever, whatever it is that takes them out of alignment and takes them away from God and from Jesus. That's the thing you got to dive into. And, you know, for me, I did an intensive through a local nonprofit. I, I spent five days with other men deep diving. We, you go back into the womb and you relive the pain of your childhood. Because, you know, let's be honest, a lot of this goes back to formative years of childhood, how we were raised, what we were exposed to, good or bad. And the, and what, what I find now as I coach and I teach and the things I do is we're all 40 or 50-year-old versions of our, ourselves back as kids. And we're, we're playing the same things, over the same themes, that we're doing the same attitudes, beliefs, actions, because your father taught you that, your mother taught you that, uh, uh, an elder, an aunt, an uncle, you know what I mean? And you maybe you don't know it's bad behavior because nobody ever gave you the guidance. So for me, it was really me finding the comfort and space to review my life. And now I realize that that's a hard thing for people to do. So when I teach or I coach or even, you know, podcasts or whatever, it's like I need to tell people it's okay. It, first, it's okay to fail. Like we're not meant to be perfect. Um, it's okay to look at your life and recognize that maybe the marriage wasn't the best or you didn't raise your kids the way you wanted to. But like I say in the book, it, it's never too late. So whether you're 13 or 83 or somewhere in between, God is always going to give you a second chance. God is going to give you the opportunity to make things better. And for me, the pursuit is excellence. It's, it's not perfection. Right. And it's, right. it's a daily thing. And it doesn't mean I don't fail or I don't fall, but... I get back up and what you try to do is you try to minimize the disruption around you because another thing I realized as I wrote the book, like there's, there's like a wake behind you of bad decisions of the things that you do. And sometimes we, we're so myopic or we're so, so siloed in our thinking, it's all about me, it's all about me. Well, what about your spouse? What about your kids? What about your community? They're all relying on you to be the best version of self. So yeah, that comfort in space is critical, especially, like I said, for men, because we're very prideful and we don't want to admit that, you know, we don't want to ask for directions. Lord knows we don't, we don't want to admit we're wrong, God forbid, but you know what? Sometimes we're wrong, but getting over that hurdle is, is, is a huge thing for this journey. Yeah. That's awesome. You spoke in an event earlier this year, which was actually seemed like a really cool event, but it was about becoming your greatest possible self where the theme was get paid for your story. How was that event? And what are some key tips that you can share that for folks like myself that would love to get paid for our story? Yeah. Well, one, one of the things I talk about in the book is, you know, you go through this journey of faith and there's certain things that you attract that are beneficial and there's certain things that you purge. And I say that, you know, I had to purge people, places, and things to recalibrate. I mean, I, and I say I hit the reboot button on my life. Yeah. Right? Now, certain people 
are still with me, thank God. You know, my parents, sister, you know, my wife, my kids or whatever. But honestly, I did an assessment of who, who I was talking to, who I was spending time with. Where was I going? What were, the, what were the websites I was looking at? How was I spending my free time? Like I really did an analysis. And so the things that I realized I used to obsess over all these years, if I had just focused on God, everything else would have fallen into place. So like, you know, when I talk in, in the book, I was bullied as a kid, right? I was 100 pounds overweight and I starved myself to lose the weight. And that's when I gained the self-esteem because now everybody was nice to me. And it was a, sure. it, was, it was a great lesson. And it was a very sad lesson for a kid to learn at age 16. Right. right. But right. going through this faith journey, now I don't obsess over my weight and I keep the weight off. I, I worry about eating, you know, healthy food. I eat to live. I don't live to eat. You know, yeah. the, the debt goes away because you're managing your money better. Your relationships are healthier. Um, your friendships are better. My career is more on track and I'm more motivated at work. My volunteer work is better. So those are the things I attracted because honestly, I made space for them. And because I realized if, I am, if I'm good with God, everything else will fall into place. I used to have the pyramid inverted and I used to, oh my God, I have debt. Oh my God, I'm overweight. Oh my God, I'm, you know, I need a, a different title. I need more money. I need a different salary. And it was like this, this obsession. Right. And I'm like, how much time I lost just worrying or just obsessing when if I had faith, it would have been very different. And then the things that I purged was like, well, certainly like my ego. And I used to say, Eric, I, you know, I was on the throne until God kicked me off. Yeah. I had myself on the throne. The, right, the world right. revolved around Tom and until God said, no, nah, that's not how this, this works. God then. Okay. So whether it was ego or narcissism or low self-esteem or those types of things, like those are the things that got purged because of this journey. So in terms of, you know, success in career or attracting money or, you know, the law of attraction is if you're right with God and you're in alignment God will open those doors. And the example I use, so when I shut the door on politics a couple of years ago, I made the decision not to run again. I closed that door. Yeah. I remember saying, all right, God, well, you know, I'm good at public speaking. I like helping people. I like motivating people. There's, there's got to be something else I can do with this talent besides run for office. And I said, you know, what about education? Right. And this yeah. is before, this is before the book. Sure. And within 24 hours, I had two teaching gigs, one at Pillar College and one at Seton Hall. And I was like, I was like, wow, this really works. You know, <laughs> I was like, whoa, superpower. You know what I mean? But yeah. seriously, it was like once I acknowledged to, the, to God that that door, it was OK for that door to be closed. God opened up those two other doors. This book actually started out as a men's workshop. I had written it as a workshop. And then when I showed people the book, the most common refrain I got from people was, you know, this is great, but did you ever think of writing a book? And I was like, all right, you know, I'm not that interesting. Who wants to read a book about me? But that workshop became the chapters of the book, like one for one. I mean, it, it, not that it wrote itself, but it really, it was, the content was there. And I remember writing the book and I was sitting there and I'm crying. Like when I was done, like, I can't believe I just put my life in paperback. You know what I mean? It sounds funny, but it's like, Sure. But I realized this is the story to tell because everybody, everybody's got some version of this story, right? right? And so whether it's attracting, you know, a partner or, you know, financial health and wealth, like 
these are the doors that will open for you if you're faithful to something. And, you know, I talk about, I know I'm going on, but there's, no, please. There was an article that I referenced in chapter 12 of my book, and I'm just looking down at my notes. It was in 2016, and it was a study that was done in the U.S., China, and India. And it talked about that if individuals had a commitment to a higher power, right? Didn't, and it, the study, it didn't matter what the religion was, but if there was a transcendent power that you focused on, you were 50% more like, less likely to suffer from anxiety, depression, and thoughts of suicide. And I say in my book, if you could bottle that, you know, you're the next billion dollar pill, right? But I'm saying, like, we don't have to bottle it. Like, it's already out there. And, you know, for me, it's my faith in Jesus and my faith in God. That's the message. Get out of your own head and believe in something greater than yourself. Love people, support others, and and you'll change. You'll change not just your world. You'll change the world of people around you. You really will. Wow, man, so cool, dude. So, what's next for you, man? Do you have uh, speaking gigs coming up? Or are you working on a second book? Yes. Yeah, so, I definitely am enjoying the speaking gigs. Uh, now, I get to speak at colleges about my journey, um, men's groups. I had a great session this past weekend with some men. That was great. Um, organizations. So, yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, I'm, you can tell I'm a very type A type person. And I've, I've had to learn how to let go and, you know, let go, let God and lose some of the control anxieties. And it's like I've done interesting interviews. I've done interesting podcasts. I'm part of an online series with 20 other people called Living Inspired that, you know, the, the person coordinating it is out in California. Colleges are interested in having me come and speak. Churches are interested in having me speak to their men's groups. And that's what, what's great about this is. You know, I have an idea of where this is going, but God's got the God's got the wheel. I'm alone for the ride, and it's a great ride. And I just know that all these speaking engagements and the things that I'm doing now are really they're enriching for me personally. But when I get feedback from people, and I can see it in their face that I I, I hit a nerve, and you know, I I really want to hit a nerve. Like I'm being very direct sure. about this. This isn't. I mean, for me, this is life and death. This is marriages that get saved this is changing the trajectory of children this is improving organizations like this is me this is all hands on deck how can we love each other and how can we help each other and i think you know the speaking engagements you know maybe there's another book i've edited two other books i'm on my third so you know it's so interesting where my life is in 2019 that 2020 hopefully will be my best year ever but I'm I'm grateful for whatever doors that God opens for me because he he has always been faithful to me even even when I didn't deserve it so I'm I'm grateful. It's true for us all. Man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I have one last question for you. I'm a music guy, so I wanted to transition to a, a fun question. I always love to ask my guests, but do you have a favorite band or favorite type of music that you like to listen to? So growing up, my dad was definitely a big musical influence with the Rolling Stones and Elvis Presley, and my mother, Engelbert Humperdinck, Johnny Mathis. So nowadays, it's funny. Now I listen to a lot of Christian music, and here's a quick funny story. So when I was a kid, I took guitar lessons from a well-known jazz guitarist here in New Jersey. And I used to be very frustrated as a kid because all I wanted to play was Van Halen. Right? And I was yeah. like, I, I don't want to play jazz. like jazz. And it was like real jazz, right? Yeah. Fast forward how many, 30 years later, I listen to jazz music. So, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's my comfort. That's so really jazz music, classical but I love country. I love rock and roll. I, I think having those lessons really just gave me a general appreciation for all music. But 
when in doubt, some version of the Rolling Stones is usually on the uh, playing on the iPhone. So yeah. Awesome. Well, also, Tom, I wanted to give you an opportunity just to give a shout out to anybody that's on your team or family, whoever. The the camera's all yours right now, man. Sure. No, I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful for everybody that supported uh, my book and all my endeavors. I, I ask people to go check out my website, nopoliticsinheaven.com. Uh, my book is available through the website or on Amazon. I am strong on social media. I love LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. People can follow me on those platforms as well. But really, you know, I'm grateful for any opportunity I get to talk to people because I think there's a lot of people suffering in silence. And my message to them is those days are gone. You're a child of God. You're loved and there's support for you, whether it's, you know, my book or some other. There's so many great books and podcasts and things that you're doing. So th there's great opportunities to support people. And, you know, th there's two choices. There's love and there's fear. Choose love and, and we could change the world. So I really appreciate you giving me the time. Absolutely, Tom. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate hey guys, it. Thank you so much for hanging around. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to see more videos from Top Rated MMA and the Bearded Biz Show, please click the playlist and also hit subscribe to our channel. Become part of the Top Rated MMA and Bearded Biz community. We would really appreciate your support. Also, please leave a comment below. I will read and respond to all of them. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day.